The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. I must say it's nice that the chapel is finally a comfortable temperature for me. <laughs> I apologize for the, the coolness on your behalf, but such as it is, we offer our sufferings to the Lord and know that he is with us. As we come this weekend, we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, the revelation of our God. Today we celebrate essentially the last day of the Christmas season for us. Uh, and though uh, we know that uh, the decorations can remain up until February, uh, it does mark that transition, at least visibly in the liturgy, where the white vestments return to uh, the ordinary time Sundays of green. We also have this opportunity today to soak up for the last time, uh, at least in the Christmas season in a sense, uh, this reflection on the mystery of the Holy Family and their hidden life in Nazareth. But before we get to that, to reflect upon the persons of the Magi, who we just heard with a prominent place in the Gospel passage. The things that both the Magi as well as the Holy Family speak to us this weekend is of a virtue that is not often held as a virtue in the church these days, at least not in, it's not uh, experienced as such, and it's something that's quite often kind of rebelled against, uh, and it's the virtue of obedience. Obedience, again, it kind of goes against so much of of what's written in us because we uh, have from our first parents the gift of the will uh, that Adam and Eve, although they had a perfect relationship with God and walked with him in the garden in in perfect union and unity, um, they still chose their own will over the will of the Father when it came to eating of the fruit of the tree of good knowledge of good and evil. Not only that, but also our just our, simply our American culture, 
where we've been ingrained since the first days of our youth with our freedom and our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Sometimes we take that to mean anything at all in a certain sense, and we take that to stretch far beyond what it is that God desires of us. Indeed, so these things are written deeply in our hearts, and so they are a struggle for us sometimes to be obedient to the will of God. The Magi come. They've come from a long journey far off from the nations of the east, and they come to meet this new king. They go to Herod, the current, the reigning king, and they say, where is he? We heard he's been born. And Herod trembles. He's afraid. Not only him, but all Jerusalem with him. As they hear the word of this new king. Because they know that that this king, he doesn't come to just say nice things. He comes to rule over us. He comes to rule over us. This child. Herod doesn't know where he is, but he finds out where he should be from. Bethlehem, the house of bread. And so, the Magi go off, led by the star. And they find the child in the manger. The little child, there with his mother. And the first thing they do is they prostrate themselves on the floor and do him homage. They lie face down on the ground, a sign of humble submission, incredible humility. To have yourself firmly planted on the ground with your face down means you're, you're defenseless. That the person before whom you bow could do anything they desire and you can't respond you can't see it. <laughs> You're at their perfect will. And it's doing that first. They prostrate themselves before the Lord, and then they give him those gifts, the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. We recognize that the Holy Family, too, in the course of their days in Nazareth, are a family marked by the virtue of obedience. Obedience to one another and obedience to God. We've heard the the stories in the recent weeks of how Joseph was responsible for the care of Our Lady and of Our Lord. And how he responded to taking Mary into his home and then to bringing them to the flight in Egypt when they would go. Both of those prompted by the word of an angel. It says, this is the will of God. And he responded. Of how Mary, when she received the angel for the first time, the, the angel, the archangel Gabriel, came and he said, You will conceive and bear in your womb a son, the Son of God. And she said, Let it be done to me according to your word. Yes, I trust you. Even the Lord Jesus manifests the gift of trust. And how Jesus comes and he trusts in God the Father, first and foremost. Remember the presentation of the Lord, not the presentation of the Lord, whenever the, the finding of the Lord in the temple. Whenever Jesus, Mary, and Joseph go up with their family to the temple in Jerusalem when he's 12 years of age, and they leave, and Jesus stays behind in the temple. And after a day's journey, or his parents presuming he's in the, the family caravan, they realize he's not there, and they go back, and they find him in the temple. And his response is, didn't you know I would be here doing my father's work? Did you know that I would be listening to the will of God? And then it says that he went home. He went back to Nazareth with his parents. And there he was obedient to them. 
The only thing we hear marked of the life of Christ is that he was obedient to God and to his family. Even the Holy Family as a whole acknowledges marks of reliance upon God. The fact that they go for the presentation of the Lord at the temple after the 40 days after his birth, when they go to make the, the, the normal sacrifice of the two turtle doves to redeem the child, to consecrate him to God, they went according to custom. It also mentions other times throughout the scriptures of how Jesus and Mary and Joseph, they went up to the temple at various times of the year for the festivals, as was their custom. They were people of faith. They listened to the word of God, and when the Lord said, these are the things that you ought to do, these are the ways that you ought to go, they said, yes, Father. And they went. That doesn't mean that it was easy. Remember, too, that the Lord Jesus, when he was in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Lord knew that the will of the Father was for him to go to the cross, he said, Lord, <laughs> Father, if this, chalice, if this chalice can pass for me, let it. I'm struggling. I've struggled to do your will, Father, but not as I will, but what as you will. Your will be done. They struggled too, the same as we do, with fulfilling the will of the Father. I've mentioned before that obedience is one of the things that uh, is a mark of the priesthood. That for us priests, it's an important thing to make one's promise of obedience. Of how you make your promise of celibacy one time, your promise to pray for the church throughout the course of each day one time. You make your promise to conform your entire life to Christ. A noble thing, <laughs> an incredibly difficult thing, but you make that promise one time. The only promise that you make twice is the promise of obedience to the bishop and to God the church. Only obedience is made twice because they know so deeply in our heart it's a struggle that's known within us. And so as we go through the course of this week, I invite you to reflect on one particular word that often manifests a struggle with obedience in our hearts. And the word is but. B-U-T. It's three simple letters. And yet it changes our experience of faith rather drastically. I know I'm supposed to go to Mass every Sunday, but... I know I'm supposed to go to confession, Father, but I know I'm supposed to, whatever it is, struggle that we have with the things of the teaching of the church, but I know I'm supposed to sing, Father, but how many times do we experience a knowledge of something that God is inviting us to do, and then we very gently try to excuse ourselves with the beginning of the phrase, but. As often as we say that, we acknowledge the truth, and then we acknowledge that our fear is bigger than the truth. Because ultimately, anytime we don't trust in God, anytime we don't obey the Lord, whenever he calls to us in some particular way, it's a manifestation of fear. 99 times out of 100. 
Just like Herod, whenever he heard that the new king was born, he was fearful because he knew the king came to rule. And so much we can be the same because we know that when the king comes to rule, it may mean that we have to give up something and we're fearful of it. When we come to serve Christ, nothing is ever taken away, but all, in fact, is given in even greater abundance. The bot is simply a manifestation of our fear, and it's an invitation for us to trust, to do the same as the Magi, and to come in first above all things, first and foremost, before we even say a word, to prostrate ourselves before our God, to lay face down on the floor even, and to say, Lord, I trust you. I know the things that you're calling me to. They're good and holy. And I know I struggle with them. And here I am. I come to do your will. To let the vision, to let the, 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 the witness of Jesus and Mary and Joseph be an encouragement and a model for us. To trust God when he says, follow me knowing that the things that he asks of us are not things for our difficulty, but for our good. He comes to give us life and he comes to bring us peace. When he requires anything of us, it's for our holiness and for our joy. And it's that that we rejoice in. So we pray the grace of the Holy Family to be with us, especially today, as we celebrate this occasion of the Epiphany. That as we fill our hearts with love, of our Lord, our Lady, and St. Joseph, that the fear in him might be cast out, because perfect love casts out fear. Pray God's grace to trust in Christ, to trust in the ways that he calls us, and to trust that whenever we respond and we listen to his voice, that he will take care of us. Our Lord Jesus is born for us, to save us, and to bring us to heaven. Let us rejoice in this occasion as he shows us himself, the great revelation, the epiphany. As we come, we bring not gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We bring gifts of ourself. So we come before the Lord, and we trust.